0: But if you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to John chapter 20, and uh, we're going to continue just preparing our our hearts for communion. And the title of my talk today is, What Jesus Wants for You. What Jesus Wants for You. And someone shared this morning as they were coming in, they said, "Uh, Dave, I really appreciated what you had to say last Sunday about Thomas, and Thomas as we know in the Bible, was, was a character, one of Jesus' disciples who was known for, like history hasn't been kind to of Thomas. He, he was, he's been kind of labeled all down through history as Doubting Thomas. But one of the things that we learned last week was that Thomas Ashe, he, he was a guy who had a lot of great qualities. And he was curious. He, he asked great questions. He in reality, he was actually honest with his doubts, and you know, through that whole scene of him wondering, one, trying to question whether or not Jesus had actually come to life again, um, we see how that Thomas was just a guy who needed time to process. And most of us, I think, today we would relate to Thomas because I don't know about you, but I need time. I need time to to be convinced. and Eventually, Thomas was convinced, and we know how that Jesus, when He came into the room where His disciples were, He extended this great invitation to Thomas, and He said, Thomas, would you believe? Would you stop, down? Would you believe? And, and Thomas, in that moment, his faith was awakened, and as we shared last week, his, his faith just began to explode, and he made that, that huge de- declaration when he said, Jesus... You are my Lord and my God. And uh, we'll we'll come back to that a little bit later. But I wanted to say this morning that Jesus is extending that same great invitation to us again today. And He has some things that He wants for us today. And so, with your Bibles, John chapter 20... We're only going to look at a couple of verses this morning as we continuing in our, our series, our final day series that Pastor Joseph started a number of weeks ago. Starting at verse 30. This is what it says. And I think it's on our screen as well. In fact, how about we read it together? Can we do that? Let's let do it again. Go. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. And we'll come back to this here as we go through this this morning. The first thing that Jesus wants for you and I, and as we are preparing our hearts for communion, we'll come. We'll, we'll see how this unfolds. Jesus like Thomas, wants you and I to believe. That, that word believe actually speaks of more than just believing with our heads. It, it talks about, it means to have trust, to put our confidence in. And we see that, that as John is writing this Gospel, he is recording various signs that Jesus did. Signs that that Jesus did to actually help His disciples to believe. And now these signs have been written down in our Bibles that we have, the Word of God, that are intended there to help convince us that Jesus is who He said He was. Let me just say, just give you a little bit of a thought here on the purpose of signs. Signs actually are... Signs are intended to point us to something. Signs are are intended are, are intended to point us to what is real. Um, I, I I noticed this again this morning when I was driving into Parksville. That from the New Spade, that uh, I, you know, Parksville has I would say probably the most beautiful sign on all of Vancouver Island. It says how many have seen it. It says welcome to Parksville. And then at the bottom it says, live, work, and play. Some of you like to play more than others. But, uh, <laughs> but to me, it's one of the most beautiful signs on all of the island. And, and I was just thinking about this. I, I, was, I was trying to imagine somebody driving out from, say, uh, let's say Ontario. And they've never been here before. But they've heard about Parksville. And they're driving down the highway. And they come to that beautiful sign. And... They've got their tent in the back of their car. and They, they said, oh, we've arrived at Parksville. And so they stop the car and they get out, put up their tent. They, they get underneath the sign, put up their tent, set up their picnic table, pull out their, their food, put up an umbrella, and say, we have arrived in Parksville. If you were driving by, you'd say, what are those people doing? And then you would ask, you would ask them, say, well, we've arrived in Parksville. Isn't this an awesome place? And you say, No. No, that's just a sign. In fact, when I was driving in this morning a little further, I noticed it said five kilometers yet to go. You see, the the point is, the sign only points to the real deal. The sign points to the beaches and the sandcastle contests and the beautiful restaurants and all that kind of stuff that we as people that live in Oceanside have come to enjoy and appreciate. The sign only points to and the signs that that uh, jesus that were performed by jesus only were pointing to the reality of who he is and was and still is today i had some of you know the story that that i experienced just recently and the encounter that that i had with a couple of elk on our highway just north of uh, parksville here it was like literally 3 weeks ago i was driving on a Tuesday morning heading for our staff meeting here at Oceanside and for years I've driven that highway back and forth back and forth and I have there's, there's these signs that say watch for elk how many have ever seen those signs says, watch for elk how many have ever seen one in that little stretch of highway uh, just like me I had I had never seen one in 24 years and I I, thought, I don't know if there's any elk out there I don't know <laughs> well on that particular morning I saw these two beautiful elk up on the bank. And I don't know if my car spooked them or what, but all of a sudden, they literally turned on a dime and they literally bolted across the highway. I was doing 110 and uh, speed control, the whole works. And all of a sudden, these elk came and I hit the brakes as hard as I could. And my car, slid sliding down the highway. and, And one of the elk caught my front end and the other elk caught my back end. And I got, I got a two-for-one in one shot. And uh, I mean, I could, get a, I could get a hunting license and never see one forever, you know what? But two. And they literally totaled off my car. Thankfully, I'm alive to tell the story. But uh, my point is this morning, I went from, you know, like, I don't know about this, to suddenly being a believer that there are elk in them, there hills. And... You know what? And not only did I believe with my head, but I believed with my heart, because my heart was pounding. <laughs> you can imagine. And, uh, but you know, my point is this morning, Jesus, these signs that Jesus gave, these signs that are recorded, signs like where Jesus, where the Bible talks about uh, water being turned into wine, um, things like Lazarus being raised to death from the dead, Jesus uh, feeding the 5,000, all of these signs, John was very careful to select and he recorded them in this book. Not all the signs are recorded, but certain ones were selected to help us to believe. And not only just with our our heads, but also with our heart. And, and I want to just say this morning, that that is one of the things that, that Jesus is wanting to help us with this morning. He's wanting to help us move from just head knowledge to where we actually believe with our hearts. In fact, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says, If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and so, and I know many of you have come to that place. And I, my encouragement to you this morning is, if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus with your life, today could be your day. Today is your opportunity to begin to believe with your heart in Jesus. The second thing that Jesus wants for you and I this morning, He wants us to have life. And notice what it says again in Verse 31. It says that these signs that that have been written are for you that by believing you may have life in His name. I don't know if you knew this or not, but 38 times in the Gospel of John, 38 times references are made about the real life that Jesus has to offer to us. And what kind of life are we talking about? We're talking about things like abundant life. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more, what? Abundantly. In other words, life with meaning and purpose. There is no greater life. There is no greater life. There's no, nothing that's going to give you more meaning and purpose and fullness than the abundant life that Jesus offers to us. We're talking about life that satisfies, satisfying life. We're talking about eternal life. And I love what John said in chapter 6. He said, said, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. We're going to be receiving communion this morning. And interesting how that bread is used as a picture of the life that Jesus gives to us. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, he's not talking about physical hunger. He's talking about those the hunger of our soul, the things that satisfy our soul. And let's face it, in our world, we live in a world where people are looking for all kinds of things in this life to satisfy them and to give them life. And, and for a lot of people, it's just not working. Somehow people think that if they get that, you know, the bigger house, and all of a sudden, that life's going to be better. No, it just means you probably got a bigger mortgage. I don't know. Um, or, or somehow we somehow think that if, if only the Canucks could win maybe one or two more games, you know what? Life would be better. Well, you know, it doesn't always happen. In fact, most of the time it doesn't happen. <laughs> or, you know, you could just go on and on. Maybe the better job or the better career or the better education. The reality is all of these things have the potential to disappoint us. And some of you, some, we've, we know what that's like. There's no guarantees in this life. Both Ann and I have experienced that. But ultimately, it's Jesus and our relationship with Him that truly satisfies. If we are putting our heart and our faith and our hope into things or possessions, they're going to let us down. And I was reminded of this just this last few weeks when the little Toyota Corolla that I've had was a 2007 little Toyota. And you know what? just this past third Tuesday, the tow truck came and hooked up to it. And I got pictures of it and towed it away. And it was kind of a sad moment because that little car had been in the family for a long time. And my neighbor, and maybe some of you can relate to this, who's not a believer yet, he comes out and he says, Dave, he said, listen, he said, don't ever give your heart to a piece of metal. And I thought, the guy was actually right. Don't ever give your heart to a piece of metal. Because you never know. There might be two elk on the side of the road that are going to take you out. And Anne and I reflected on this, how fast life can change. And again, we're, we're grateful. I'm grateful that I'm standing here being able to give my wife Flowers this morning. Jesus even warns us about this in Matthew six, about not laying up treasures on earth, where moth and rust can destroy. I used to tell my congregation back in the Valley, Comox Valley, over the years. I used to say, "All your stuff, it's all all that stuff you bought at Walmart. All that stuff you push it out on, on a cart from Costco." That thing you're driving, it's all at some point going to land in the landfill. You know what? It just disappears over time. It won't last. This, that cell phone that I got a few years ago that I thought was so awesome and so amazing, guess what? It doesn't even work anymore. Every day I got to reload the apps because it, nothing works. It's fading away. And that's often the way it is in life. If we are trusting in the wrong things. Jesus said, He said, I am the living bread, John 6. I am the living bread that we're going to partake of this morning. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread... Will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. You see, Jesus wants you to have life. He wants you to have life that's filled with meaning and purpose. Jesus can even take tragedy, He can even take things in our lives that break our hearts, He can take loss and He can use it for good. And and I have shared some of our story in the past. There's just so much life that Jesus has to offer us. That's not connected to this world, but it's directly connected to Him. And that's the life that He offers to us. Life that is everlasting. Jesus said in John, or the Scripture says in John 3, 16, Whoever believes in Him will not perish but have one, everlasting life. And so this morning as we move to communion, as Pastor Paul and the team lead us in worship and communion, together we're going to eat the bread and we're going to drink from the cup. And by doing so, it reminds us that Jesus is the living bread How many are thankful that we have life that is living, the bread of Jesus, the bread of Christ, is alive? (laughs) We have His shed blood. Because Jesus so willingly surrendered, laid down His life for us, it's given us this privilege, this joy, this hope, that we now can have life. And in a lot of ways, you know, I've been I've been receiving communion for 67 years now. Well, maybe not the first couple years, but and you know sometimes we we go through the motions, right? But you know what? Every time we receive communion, it's a declaration of our faith. Every time that we receive Communion—it's a declaration that says, "I believe." Communion is a declaration of our faith this morning. And we can maybe move to the next slide. We'll see that Jesus. When we receive communion, we're saying, "Jesus, I believe in you," not just with my head but with my heart. Take your hand and put it over your heart. Just, just. Right now, close your eyes and just say, Jesus, I believe in you with my heart. Thank you for impacting my life, my heart. When we have communion, we're saying, Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. The signs that you've written, I I believe, the signs that are recorded in this book... Help me to believe, Jesus, I believe that you did die and rise again. We believe this morning, Jesus, you are my Savior. You are the one who gave your life on the cross. You are the one who paid for my sins in full. Good Friday, we shared a little card with everybody that was here. And it was the words die, which was the Greek word that said, It is finished. And the the meaning was paid in full. It's the words that Jesus cried from the cross. It is finished, paid in full. Jesus, I believe that my sins have been paid for. That's why when you come this morning, you come with confidence. So oftentimes we have those doubts. We wonder, could God ever forgive me? I want you to know this morning, we serve a God of new beginnings. We serve a God of fresh starts. We serve a God who says, He says, I believe in your potential. I believe that my life in you can make a big difference. Jesus is saying to you and I, you can have life in my name. And and friends, I believe that this morning. Jesus is... My life. And I love, again with Thomas, when he said, you are my Lord and my God. And we're saying this morning, when you come and receive communion, you are saying, Jesus, you are my Lord and my God. And I love the song the team led us earlier, and I surrender my life to you. Every time we come for communion, we are, it's like, it's like a fresh surrender of our lives to Him. I'm going to invite you to stand. and I'm going to invite Pastor Paul to come. And, And the team, can you just say, Jesus, thank you for helping me to believe. Thank you for what you've done to give me life.